He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. Today, we finish Jude 1 and 2. We dive deep into the first two of Jude's triads. We are called loved and kept. It's the keeping that is at the very heart of Jude's message. Knowing how contentious he is about to get, Jude greets the recipients of his letter with mercy, peace, and love. Jude wants these three gifts of God to be multiplied to these people. We put these spiritual gifts into the context of Jude's message, helping us understand why Jude doesn't greet his readers with a typical grace and peace of the Apostle Paul. And, and then he, he's, he's got this idea, and so you might have this question, Lord, are, how, how, how can I know that I'm going to stay in your love? And, and so Jude's got this other adjective of kept. And, and this is actually, to me, like when I look at the, the, the book of Jude, you can agree or disagree, but to me the word kept is the key word in the book of Jude. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is his big, his big main message kept. Like now, two, we, we could honestly, like people, scholars say this. Each book is only about one thing. Even and you might be thinking, okay, Wikipedia is that really about one thing? It is. It's really only about one thing. Um, it's about supplying information about everything. Same thing with the internet, like. One person said, well, the Internet's about, you know, we could say it's about connecting people. Other people say it's about porn. <laughs> but it's the Internet's only about one thing. And, and Jude is the same way, like he's going to say a lot of different things, but it's only really about one thing. And, th- and to me, this is it. It's about God keeping us. It, and it, it, it is a word, you can, we can prove this on a semantic basis too, like on a word or a verbal basis, that's what semantic means. And, and you can prove it by, by looking at the fact that this word shows up in Jude five times, this idea of, of being kept, which by the way, we should, we should just mention uh, that it is a passive, passive verb. All of them are, all of this other triad words, is yeah, all so, passive, yeah. You are kept. Now, I want to I want to bring a little theology to to this word and and unpack it just a little bit, and we'll we'll unpack it more as this as this book goes on. But I want to just say say this about it for now, and that's that uh, we we can have absolute and complete confidence that we are kept. Uh, now I know there's a question here. Um, I know in the NIV here it's translated "kept for Jesus Christ." I'm more inclined. The, the Greek can let you understand it as "kept in Jesus Christ," and I'm inclined to take it that way. Um, now you can understand it "kept for Jesus Christ" as well, and the idea is the same. Either God, way, God's doing the keeping. God is the one who is 
preserving your faith. Now, this is, this is a really big idea because what, what's going to happen is we're going to get into some really heavy content. We're going to look at it and we're going to go, whoa, that is really scary. <laughs> there, are, there are false teachers and I can really be deceived and, and I have sin in me that's really pulls at the fabric of my life. And, and some people I are going to end up in hell. And, you know, some people, some are people are going to be totally lost and condemned. And what if it's going to be me? And Jude says, no, 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 no. Kept. And, and he, this is, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm so excited about this idea of kept. Like this is a word that's sprinkled throughout the book. I think five times, which is really heavy for a book that's only one chapter. And it's and it's almost like it's a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like so, kept is right here at the beginning, and then you have the peanut butter in the middle, and then at the very end of the book. You know, you have the other piece of bread, and he's going to say kept again. He's going to, it's the same exact word. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful stuff. And I'll just say this for now, and I'll leave it there, and then you can, you can add. But I think a lot of the times when we give in to sin, like, especially when it, like, sins of the flesh, and that's what we're going to talk, like, sins of our body, and that's what, Jude is so heavy on. Uh, a lot of the times when we give in to that, it's because we don't have hope for our future. We're afraid we're not going to make it. We sit there and, and we and we feel guilt and we feel shame and we feel fear and we're just like, whatever, I might as well, you know. And and Jude wants us to have this complete one hundred percent confidence that on the basis of our God who does. 100% of our salvation from beginning to end. He calls us, he loves us, and he keeps us. It is his job and his job alone. We have, uh, we can have complete confidence. In fact, when we start to have confidence in ourselves, that's when we fall, right? That's when we're not kept, is when we're trying to do it ourselves. So uh, he says, I want you to have confidence that you are going to be kept in for, in or for Jesus Christ. And I hope that just, you know, the people on the other end of it, I hope you're just glowing right now like, wow, my God, I got, I got so much sin that could tear me up. I got so much uh, temptation that could really come for me. And you know what? My God's going to stand with me. He's going to be there for me. He's never going to let me out of his grip. Mm. Oh. He's, he's, he's going to bring it in this book. So much Christ-centered gospel here. We got one little phrase left in, in this epistolary greeting. And he says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. I guess, you know, it's just, a, a, again. I could use that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> the, the, first, the first thing that I thought, is really important is like this is a mathematical equation he because right. he's asking, it's multiplied he's asking for a multiplication and so one that's one, what it just to clarify in the greek that's what it says i know in the niv it says it's be yours mercy peace and love be yours in abundance but it actually says multiplied multiplied it's a, it's oh, okay mathematic idea thanks yeah. for pointing that out so we have a mathematical equation here and at, at first like i i was a little put off by jude's greeting you can't really see it in there but 
what he's got there, I don't know if you noticed this, Jonathan, is is actually an optative. It's uh it's not a subjunctive. Usually it's an optative. So in other words, um he's it's sort of like a pious wish. Like I really hope that you have <laughs> mercy, peace, and love. Um, in other words, just so we're clear on grammatical structures, because everybody's nerds like us, but it's not <laughs> indicative. Like it doesn't say mercy, peace, and yours. It is are yours, yours in abundance. Like that's an indicative. Like it's a sure, sure, certain thing. But it, it's like, hey, I I pray for this. You know, it's an that's it's a pious says. desire, and it's also not the ironic blessing. Like when you receive the ironic blessing, you can receive that in faith and know that that God is going to bless and keep you because it's a promise. Like it's it, God is filling that up with a promise. It's, but here, this is, this is a optative. It's so it's more of a wishing idea. But one thing that really helped me sort of get past that is that um, it's a, it's a multiplication. So what, what Jude is really saying is that you already have mercy, peace, and love. Because you, if you take, for example, zero times zero, that's going to equal zero. We know that. that like, that's baby math. <laughs> what Jude is desiring and wishing is that we could go with threes, right? Three times three equals nine. So he he's desiring that what they already have in great abundance, this mercy, peace, and love, be multiplied so like um you know like it would just blow up we, we need to invite a, a mathematician <laughs> a mathematician onto this little podcast to explain this more but he's he's saying you've already got all this and i'm desiring that you have it in even more abundance yeah mercy peace and love it's it's a interesting triad it's it's not found anywhere else in the bible like paul will often say grace mercy and peace he's he says uh, uh mercy peace and love so he he puts together an interesting combo there mercy is uh this idea of god not giving you what you deserve peace is this huge idea in the scriptures of shalom or uh wellness uh, wholeness with God and and with and with your fellow humanity and love, um, just powerful, powerful words that uh, Jude is saying. Uh, Lord, just dump rivers on it on God's people. <laughs> just you know, like let it flood into their lives. Um, and yeah. uh, it's, he prays for that. That's really what he's doing here. Is he's praying for it. I, I want to push on just one of those words a little bit, and that's that word mercy. Um, nobody wants that anymore. <laughs> if you notice, this, I, was, I was sitting with someone in the middle of New York City, and, and we were reading uh, one of these books, and, and, and we started talking about the word mercy, and somebody said, we don't, I don't like that word mercy anymore. I don't like it. Because it seems like there's a condescension in that. That when you when you when you have mercy on someone, they're in a in a position of uh, suffering, a position of dependence, a position of uh, somebody's coming down to the other person. 
why why does Jude? So this is a question I'm asking myself. Why does Jude want there to be mercy from God in such abundance, so uh, multiplied? Uh, wow, that's that's a great question. I think it's the right question. And I, I mean, if you just use if you just use the book of Jude to answer that question, and we don't have to, but let's just do it for the sake of put argument. it in the context of Jude. Yeah, let's put it in the context of Jude. The Church of God. We always say this about it. It's a militant church. It's a harried church. It's it's always a fighting church, and uh, oftentimes it's a church that looks like she, you know, she's a goner. You know, <laughs> she's <laughs> this probably isn't going to work out very well because she's always under attack. And and in this case, and and, it, and it's the same today. Nobody wants to talk about this. We're going to have to talk about it in Jude, but it's the same today. It's false teaching everywhere. False teaching here. False teaching there. False teachers here. False teachers there. And there can be well and well-intentioned preachers, but they are destroying uh, the faith of the church. Now I'm getting ahead to verses three and four of Jude, but she's a harried, um, under attack, militant church. You know, and it's, there's a it's, reason why Jesus had to say the gates of Hades will not overcome her, right? Because yeah. it sure looks like they will sometimes. <laughs> so, so this is a church that, like, we could go back to the boxing metaphor that you didn't understand last week, but the, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a church that, you know, it looks kind of down and out. Like uh, Satan with his false teachers has been bloodying up the church's face, so to speak, and people are falling for this garbage. And and Jude's saying, no, that God's looking at that, and he's saying, uh-uh, I, I'm going to step into the ring with this letter. And this beautiful bride that's been washed and bought with my blood is, um, I'm going to abundantly pour out my mercy on her. And protect her and keep her, like we were, we've been saying. And may, maybe just maybe just a couple closing thoughts, and then I'll let you close up this podcast. But uh, peace, peace, and love—you could put that into the context of Jude too, and say, you know, what's really happening inside the Book of Jude is people are not at peace with their bodies. They don't know how to use them. They don't know how to get a sense of wholeness and wellness in relationship. Their got their bodies and and how to use them um, for themselves and for God, um, so they don't have peace. They don't have a shalom in in the earthly realm in relationship to their bodies, and they also don't know how to love each other. They don't know how to love God. And they don't know how to love each other. And so Jude saying, "I I, I want to shower this down. I, I'm praying for this. I want you to have more. I want it to be multiplied to you exponentially." You might say, "Yeah." So we're going to, as we move through the book, we're going to see these triads. He's going to keep bringing them. Like Jude, already uh, we're going to have in Jude, um, he's going to layer them like a cake almost. Like he's going to say Israel's angel Sodom. He's going to later say dreams, reject lordship, blaspheme glories. He's, he's going to layer biblical stories three times. And it's just going to be amazing as we as we keep going. But all of it is in the interest of keeping us. All of it, all of it. Keeping us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for it. We did it. I told you we were going to do it. 
you didn't have much faith. We, we finished. We finished verses one and two. Come on. I have a lot of faith in Jesus Christ, but not in our ability to finish verses in this podcast. But all right, well, hang on, everybody. We're going to get into really the body of the letter next week. And you got to hang out for this. Verses three and four are going to be key, key, key. We're going to talk about what the true heart of a pastor really is. Uh, we're going to take a look at what uh, antinomianism is, what libertinism is. And if you don't know what those terms are, that means you have to come back. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. <laughs>